Go Late Selects, brought to you by Sky. Watch new exclusive and unmissable content only on Sky. Go Loud! Well, I heard most of that was, have you got your leotard on? What happened to you at the end of that word, leotard? Le- I can't even say it, leotard. Do you, you have your leotard on? I have my tutu on. You said it was tutu night. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're confusing that with Taco Tuesday. Let's do it! Welcome once again to Go Loud Selects, a Go Loud original brought to you by the people at Sky with Simon Delaney, Aidan Power and producer John Casey recommending to you the good and sometimes the not so good depending on your flavour of television and movies and everything else in the world that we like to consume. Gentlemen, Simon, John, good at the time of recording. Evening to you both. Good evening, Aidan. I like the way you abbreviated Go Loud to Go Loud. It's a Galoud production, a Galoud original, brought to you by Galoud. <laughs> Don't laugh. You just, if you have a headache, it'll make it worse. You have a headache, yeah. Um, but if you just put, you know, certain emphasis in the wrong place in, uh, in a certain way, you, you could make a career out of it. Just like, I, just like Chandler did in France. They do me? <laughs> you know, like, um, okay, um, could that report be any later? Oh. <laughs> I'm not a huge Friends fan, but I listened to Matthew Perry's audiobook recently, his biography about his life and times as a uh, massive television star and also a massive drug addict and alcoholic and uh, all that kind of stuff. And he basically talked about how he'd emphasize certain vowels and words that made them sound different. And it became a whole way of speaking amongst their youth. But it kind of missed me pass me by so I'm not able to give you a good example but I, everyone I, listening knows what I'm talking about I did work with an actor once who uh, was delivering a line of script I might have told you this before the line in the script was what's that in the road ahead and he delivered the line what's that in the road ahead <laughs> <laughs> oh lord well anyway. I, I for one year of my career um, you could claim you could say it was a high point or many people thought it was a low point um, presented winning streak and the wow. climax of winning streak as we all know and the bit everyone wants to see is the spinning of the wheel and the line is spin that wheel but I said it like this spin that wheel but, but it, made all, things. it made all the difference because you didn't say spin that wheel <laughs> question mark hey eh? You know, whoever oh, came after me on winning streak, they kept up that emphasis. Spin my name isn't really it's Marty, and I'm from Kilchamak. So that's my um my vocal uh, footprint on a, a wow. cultural um institution, winning streak. Wow, 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 wow! Have you have you got a little recommendation from Uncle Sky there? A very gentle way of moving me on. Thank you. Yeah, shut the fuck up about winning streak and tell us what Sky recommending. That's more familiar. Well, this week, our recommendation from Sky is, well, John is going to tell us more about it. Um, some would say it's interesting. Other people are fascinated by this. It's about a very controversial uh, human being by the name of Phil Spector. In Hollywood, there is a limited shelf life for actresses. Lana was in a period of survival. What's next for me? I felt hated. 
I never felt like I fit in. Phil carried bodyguards with him every place he went. The uh, you see, when John sent us an email later saying we we're going to be recommending Spectre, I thought, fucking hell, we're doing Bond again. <laughs> I see you left this final question blank. What is your occupation? Well, that's not the sort of thing that looks good on a form. And why is that? I kill people. Honestly, that's what I thought. I thought, and then he went, music documentary. Went, oh, right, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. Tell well, us all about know, it, Ada. Well, John will tell us, um, you know, the fact that Phil Spector may well have been worse than any Bond movie villain. So on one hand, he was this legendary uh, record producer and songwriter. He comes from the hit-making uh, early days where he worked with the likes of the Ronettes, the Crystals, and my favourite duo, after the Chuckle Brothers, the Righteous Brothers. Later in life, he was a recluse living in his castle in California. And in this documentary, it focuses on um, a murder of an actress, Lana Clarkson. Famous story, famous um, incident. An actress called Lana, Lana Clarkson was murdered in his home in February in 2003. We'll find out more about what happened in that respect, if you don't know, from John in a moment. But in the documentary, there's great access, interviews from Spectre's own daughter, artists who worked with Spectre uh, in the 60s, in his heyday, so to speak, right up to police officers who were involved with arresting him. Now, the series um, walks a tightrope between sensitive and salacious and refuses to diminish the importance of Lan Lana Clarkson, the woman that he killed. It's a four-part series and it's on Sky Do Documentaries. That's the blurb, but let's get the proper insight and review on it from John now. John, for those who don't know, um, first and foremost, Phil Spector is dead, isn't he? Yeah, he died in a prison hospital a couple of years ago. Um, he was 81, so he had a, a good long life. But I mean, he, I was reading stories about Phil Spector kind of, you know, in music magazines like 25 years ago in terms of, you know, holding guns on the likes of John Lennon and Leonard Cohen when he was recording albums with them. Um, he had a very uh, unfortunate upbringing. His father took his own life when Phil was about nine. And then he was kind of left to his mum and his sister who kind of took turns and psychologically basically abusing him for years and years and years. So he always had this kind of uh, issue around his height, first of all, and then around women and trust. And then he got very much into alcohol and kind of guns. But I mean, he had mental, mental illness kind of throughout, like all that mania, that wall of sound that you hear on those records is kind of his this was brain working out, you know, his worldview and what he kind of hoped to achieve, which was complete control over everything. So a lot of those records have like five or six pianos, you know, three sets of drums, and they sound incredible still. Like I still think back to mono, that uh, box set of all his stuff from that time is like, it's, it's, a, it's a masterpiece. But he was kind of gone around 1964. So he only broke in around 59. And then the tables kind of turned, the Beatles happened, and that was it. He was old hat and he was still in his mid-twenties. And then he goes to this castle he has in California Hills and just becomes a virtual recluse records the odd album as I mentioned Lennon or Cohen or even the Ramones but he's a sad figure uh, drifting around LA and he had this kind of penchant but if you hang around with him at any time a lot of them are kind of talking about this as well he wouldn't let you leave his home if you visited like he actually he would just stop you from leaving there's all these kind of doors and you know uh, locks in his house so he, people would find themselves basically imprisoned there and like the the, the staff or the driver would have to free them like very strange guy and you imagine this kind of behavior was tolerated because of his wealth and his influence and people thought he was just eccentric but yeah as you mentioned Aiden like it, it does, does come to a head in you know February 2003 where uh, this uh, poor woman Lana Clarkson 
um, is is basically found dead in his home and he maintains it was suicide. But of course, in the end, it was it was found to be murder. So it kind of tells his, his story, first episode, all upwards. And then from there, uh, it's it's a very depressing tale, considering his talent that it just kind of, you know, eked away. And, you know, it's very um, kind of almost kind of cold and honest in its, its portrayal because he was someone who people always speculated about. But we hear some very good kind of first-hand interviews with him towards the end about what he actually thought about the world. Um, it was fascinating. And I still think a lot of his records are amazing, but it is hard to kind of separate it when you imagine what he was like actually working with him, which would sound like an absolute nightmare. Did it make you change your mind on him in terms of you knew parts of the story or, or did you make up your mind, you know, more firmly when you were watching and going through it? Like I'm a huge fan of the Renettes. Uh, I love them. I love the Crystals as well, but specifically the Renettes and Ronnie, which is called Ronnie Spector. She was the lead singer, very young, still in her teens when uh, I suppose he cast a spell on her and it became an item. But she talks about living with him in that castle for years and years and years and he wouldn't let her do, like w- wouldn't let her leave. Like he just controlled her life. And listen to those records now, you do probably get the sense that, you know, they're, they're, they're made not necessarily in a, a kind of a moment of joy, uh, maybe almost a moment of duress and like umpteen takes and him just controlling every single aspect. And these are kind of young women uh, trying to make their way. And like this guy is, you know, he's he's God in the record industry for a few years and uh, they're just having to put up with him. I imagine now kind of, yeah, I, I, it does color it a bit, whereas previously I just imagined he was a bit of an eccentric and a bit of an asshole, but obviously a, a murderer in, like in 2003, which a lot of people kind of forget. Prior to him being a murderer, he sounds like a horrible person yeah a horrible the 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 talents and you know the things he could do with a mixing desk and as a producer etc and a songwriter but as a man as a human being he sounds horrible yeah he was really kind of malformed like he had um you know and they keep referring to it in in the documentary about his stature his height he was a very small guy and he used to wear these big kind of heels and he carried like a a cane this is all in his early 20s when he was a i suppose a, a big deal and there's a bit of footage of him um, on an old American chat show. And uh, it's Eartha Kitt is another guest on it. And they're just talking to him very normally. And he's so defensive. Like, he's such a prick from the very start. Like, he's talking about his bodyguards backstage and they'll come right in and, like, you know, it's like, what are you even talking? Like, he, he doesn't live in the, in the real world, but his, his version of the world is always adversarial. Get your digs in first. I mean, and and then people talking about him threatening them with guns and falsely imprisoning them and you know, things that he should have gone to jail much sooner than he did. And his reaction to Lana Clarkson's death, a lot of it's obviously recorded for interviews, is vile. Like he talks about her in such a horrible fashion, and like you know, she, it, it, it's all been kind of done to him. He's the one who suffered. It's it's very, uh, you know, it's very um strange getting that insight into someone like him. Mm, I just Googled Lana Clarkson because I'd, I'd not heard of her before and I'm not too interested, to be honest, in the work of uh, Phil Spector. But it sounds like this documentary marries the creative genius of and and one of the great music producers and then also this kind of murder mystery, if you want, uh, documentary series, marries those two things uh, together. Um, I'm just reading. So this documentary is on Sky Documentaries, but it was originally made by Showtime and their billing of it is a famed legacy, a fatal shooting and a tragic ending nobody saw coming. I guess that is uh, one way of describing it. Um, if I was to read out, John, here, uh, how she died, is that spoiling anything of the documentary um, series? That's, that's kind of up front uh, in the first couple of minutes. I mean, it's actually very graphic. They show you 
kind of uh, stills it reads, of, of it reads the scene, quite yeah. graphically. Yeah, it says Lana, mm. La, sorry, Lana Clarkson, forty, age forty, died of a gunshot wound to the mouth at his home in Alhambra, California. The producer's limo driver, who drove them to the location from the nightclub the victim was working at that night, made the nine one one call after being startled by a gunshot. And so Phil Spector said it was accidental. So she did it herself. It was, they were yeah, playing he, with guns and it all went wrong. Yeah, he, he maintains that she went to his home with the intention of basically of planning to, to take her own life. But uh, and, he, and he can see this very soon into the first episode. It's from a drawer beside reception where she was, where the gun is taken, which is clearly his. I mean, how does someone plan that if they've never met him before, never been to his house? It's just uh, his defense is pitiful. Yeah, but, um, they met on the night of the murder at this mm. nightclub. What year was he murdered? Uh, 2003. And was he done straight away for it or was it? Yeah, there was a long kind of show trial, uh, which he did umpteen interviews. Lots of them are on YouTube. Uh, there are a lot of them in very bad taste. Um, you'd be interested, Simon, that they did a dramatization of it there a few years ago with Al Pacino playing him. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Complete with all okay. the ridiculous wigs. He used to wear a lot of wigs and sunglasses. Then you go, hoo ha, all the way through. Hoo ha! Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he kept saying, I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse, jury. Yeah. All right. So he was convicted um, of second degree murder in 2009, charged and convicted in 2009. So that's six years after the fact. Um, have you finished it, John? Uh, I'm on the third episode, nearly finished that episode. I mean, it's. Is there a question, the, John, that yeah. this wasn't the only person that fell at his hands? See, a lot of people, again, a lot of rumours uh, over the years is in the, like, what he, I mean, I don't necessarily think he's murdered anybody in the past. I don't think, but like he has bipolar, definitely he was diagnosed and he had these fits of rage that, you know, he, he definitely, like he's he's done some horrible crimes definitely before. Murder, I don't think so. But, you know, he lived as a hermit, basically. He, he barely interacted with anybody. I'm sure there'll be more revelations to come. But I mean, one just one final point is his daughter talks on uh, the documentary throughout, and she's so well adjusted, like she's normal, um, mm. and she has perspective on who he was and his you know worldview and like the the kind of legacy he had and what he became. It's it's just very strange. There's footage of him talking about wanting to have a daughter and wanting to be a good father for her, which he kind of achieved. But when he was with Ronnie Spector, he saw kids as like something that he could almost buy like presents. So she came back one Christmas and there's these two twin boys there waiting for her. It's like, here, I got you some, basically from children for Christmas. A very yeah, strange he, guy. He doesn't sound wow. strange at all. Well, the, um, the emergence of this documentary or the release of it has brought this story back into, uh, into the news headlines. There's an article on Sky News from yesterday, which would be Sunday. 10th of January, that his daughter, uh, who agreed to be interviewed for the program, claims her father was easy prey for the prosecutors and that evidence heard at his trial made it, quote, immediately clear that he couldn't have pulled the trigger. So she believes him to be innocent. Uh, I think she's just being loyal to her father in his memory. But I mean, that line, which she probably won't cross, calling him explicitly a murderer, um, which she doesn't, by the way, but she can talk so clear right about everything else. Um, it's probably... Admitting that is like, you know, how do you admit a parent is a murderer, you know? Yeah. Is, she being loyal, is she being loyal to his royalties? Yeah, loyal to his castle. Loyal to the, loyal to the estate. Speaking of loyalties, let's talk about Prince Harry. <laughs> oh, God. 
that's not sorry. as polite as I'm going to get. All right, that's the end of that conversation. Somebody uh, tweeted this morning, I thought it was genius. They said, all that stuff Harry is saying, he got 20 million of an advance for it. He said, I usually share that kind of shit with people after a Sambu get out in the smoking shed in the pub. <laughs> Yeah, 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 that's true. He's talking utter bollocks. Anyway, let's not give it any airtime. Yeah, he well, just, just wants his privacy. More, yeah, I just have uh, some information on that because this is the truth about Prince Harry. In in all the revelations, one of them obviously being about his time in Afghanistan, he didn't kill 25 Taliban. He didn't. He captured them. He held them for hours, whinging and moaning about the problem in, in his life, the problems, and then the Taliban shot themselves. So, that is one of the many memes going around on WhatsApp at the moment. Um, Anywho, so Spectre is available for us to diverse and divulgify into. Yeah, all four reps are up there. Hoo-ah! Are you Sorry, recommending it uh, wholeheartedly, John? It doesn't sound like a bardle of laughs, but it sounds interesting. It's compelling viewing. Uh, I don't think it's much of a laugh, no, but I mean, I was so interested in that kind of period anyway. Um, I just wanted, I mean, it's very rare you get that kind of insight into someone like him, but mm. Jesus... You get it all laid out in very kind of plain language. Uh, yeah, it's, Would it's, you like to know, yeah. John and Aiden, according to Rolling Stone magazine, who listed the top 70 music documentaries of all time, what is number one? Ooh, okay, good question. Is I'll give you a, a clue. Number 70, bottom of the list, is you 2 rattling home. Oh, okay, because I know we're going to talk more about music documentaries, and I will um, refer to a particular U2 one, which well, is not so Start off there, and I'll tell you where they are on this list. Go for it. Okay, I'm thinking, oh, the Amy Winehouse one was very good. I know it's not going to be number one, but it's going to make lists, whether that be top 50 or not. The Amy well, this is the, this is the top 70, and uh, the Ooh. Amy documentary, which the is... The Velvet called, Underground? Wait, now, wait, I'm, I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. I'm who does top 70? I don't folks. know. They, well, they, they Rolling Stone. They've picked 70. Did you say Velvet Underground? Yeah. Number 17. Oh, okay. We're getting up the list. What about most recently or more Amy, recently? Amy is yeah. number 14. Okay. Well, there we've chalked off two from the yeah. the Nazis or the, 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 Amy the, the, the teens. There, so what about the more recent one that everyone loves? <clears throat> Peter Jackson, Beatles documentary. It's not listed, but then again, uh, how old is your be, article? It could be published a little bit later than yeah than that was out, but it's not on this list. I don't think. One of my favorites and a Rolling Stone documentary, "Gimme Shelter," about the 1969 yes. Altamont. Everybody seems to be ready. Are you ready? For the first time in three years, the greatest rock and roll band mm. in the world, the Rolling Stones. The Rolling Stones. We're going to have a look at you. What was um, the one about Woodstock, John? Woodstock but, um, is number 11. Okay. Woodstock. Is it just called it, Woodstock? Correct. That would make sense. That uh, Stones documentary, was one, well, I think it was the first documentary of a sort where you actually see someone getting killed in it. Um, Jesus. Which is quite, quite horrible. The Hell's Angels provided security for shelter, free. Give me shelter, Johnny. Give me shelter. Uh, Gimme Shelter, The Beauty of the Rolling Stones, came from a hedonistic embrace of rocks, second sex and danger ethos. The horror of this documentary comes from its clear-eyed view of the band's kinetic live power, which can be both hypnotic and terrifying in its intensity. It's number three. Three. Hmm. Mick Jagger's yeah. final reaction shot, according to this, is haunting. <laughs> Ooh. He's Ooh. probably pouting as he looks back. He's still uh, haven't got two or one yet, but keep going. Is it no direction home to Dylan one, which is incredible? 
Well, you know what? If we were doing a quiz, I'd give you half a point because it is a Dylan one, but it's called Don't Look Back, 1967. P.A. Pennebacker. Um, this is, yeah, P.A. Pennebacker, a handheld camera uh, shot by the aforementioned Mr. Pennebacker. In 1965, it was a 65 UK tour that Dylan was doing, and they reckon that this is the permanent blueprint for the public's image of mid-60s rock and roll. The, the last thing that this this signs off by saying the process he made Dylan, the director made Dylan Lycon, galvanised a generation and helped transform a singular moment in the evolution of youth music into riveting, indelible drama. And that is number one. Don't look back, 1967. I'm looking for a place that's going to collect my commission, sell my dog, burn my bird, and sell me to the cigarette. Going to bird my buy, collect my will, and bathe my commission. I'm looking for a place that's going to animal my soul, knit my return, bathe my foot, and collect my dog. Commission me to sell my animal to the bird to clip, and buy my bath, and return me back to the cigarette. Okay, so they're all, well, I know the Amy one was more recent, but they're all of an age, or they're certainly looking back on 60s and 70s. Yeah. Era. Yeah, number two, number two is one that I'd never heard of. It's called The Last Waltz, John. Oh, that? yeah, that's the Scorsese features. Scorsese, heavy. Scorsese yeah. yeah. he did, he did uh, obviously, Last Waltz, and he did um, No Direction Home, uh, the Dylan one. He did two Dylan ones. He did another one on Netflix last year, and uh, the Rolling Thunder Review. Um, but The Last Waltz is amazing. Okay, so within this list, chaps, and I have to say both of you are doing very well in terms of naming uh, documentaries that are in here, but there is one band who feature twice in the top uh, 15. Um, they have two movies, and they're both sort of concert films. Uh, one was shot in 2020, and one was shot in 1984. So who would that be, Johnny? would be surprised if you don't get it. Jesus, 2020. I, I would have said Nirvana, but the 84 one obviously is way too fucking early. No, the, We've mentioned the Stones, haven't we? Twenty twenty, um, it's a Broadway performance, and it was it was uh, shot by Spike Lee. And oh, 19- uh, well, the eighty four one is one of my absolute favourites. Stop making sense. Talking Heads. Hi, I got a tape I want to play. Correct. Well done, kid. You're definitely coming to a table quiz with us. And you're, you're just going to answer the questions. Me and Adol drink pints. Yeah, you can just get locked. Um, yeah, number four in the list is Stop Making Sense, 1984. That's the, the as described here, the euphoric uh, 1984 concert film. But the one in 2020 was a kind of a Broadway. It was shot on Broadway. Spike Lee directed it. And it was it's described as a performance art come greatest hits review for posterity. And he says it ends up delivering way, way more than just a concert film. So there you go. Talking Heads featuring twice in the top uh, 20. Now, there is another modern artist. So we have Amy Winehouse at number 14. And the rest of the top 10, well, Madonna's in there at number 12, Truth or Dare. But there is one kind of modern artist who features at number nine in the list. Okay. Number modern. nine. Male or female? I'm not What's going to tell you, my friend. I'm not going to tell you. Um, <clears throat> one Direction. No, it's not. Johnny? Uh, maybe Metallica? No, this is uh, it's 2019, okay, and it was filmed. Um, oh. Go on. Uh, Jump in. Beyonce. 
question? Is the right answer. Yes. Is the right answer. So it says, it says, from the moment Beyonce knows dressed yes. as a modern day Nefertiti, strutted down a catwalk at the 2018 Coachella Valley Music Arts Festival. In the first of two headlining sets, you knew these would be historic shows. So yeah, all hail, all hail the Queen Bee is the tagline that puts she's in there yeah, at okay. number nine. Question. The first time and only time I ever saw Beyonce was in London in, I think it was around 2002, Party in the Park, one of them. I was hoping you were going to say in London in a chipper. (laughs) She was getting a a one-on-one or a two-on-one or a three-on-one or, yeah, all that stuff. No, she was on stage um, and she had that big breakout song, Crazy in Love. And fuck me, it was just, she blew everyone away. Everyone was like, what is this? This is just so incredible. And... Yeah, that's it. That's my story. That's there it. There you are. You've heard it here for us, folks. Wow. Come, here, come here for the recommendations. Stay for the fucking anecdotes. <laughs> well, Dave, that's the worth well, of pulling apart the top um, music documentaries there, really, Johnny. Uh, I'll tell you what happened afterwards, lads. We went, there was an after party now. Beyonce wasn't there. He's still on about Beyonce. Go on, yeah. It was a Sunday afternoon or Sunday evening after the concert. And we were in some <clears> club in London. It was downstairs. I remember that. And there was various different bands there. The Spice Girls were there and Blue and other pop bands and the like. And it was Sunday evening. You say that- bands, but Blue were there. <laughs> Fuck's sake. They danced along to a CD, a fucking okay. band. Boy band collectives, whatever you want to call them. Anyway, it was Sunday evening and uh, religiously every Sunday evening my mother would call me and we'd catch up. And she rang me and I was in the middle of this club and I ran up the stairs to go and take the phone call. Now, we had been out all day. Well, I ran up and I was trying to get outside so I could hear my mother because the music was pumping. And I didn't see, because my eyes were a bit blurred, that there was a fucking glass window that I was running at. And I ran straight into it oh. and bounced my head off it and ended up on the floor and looked up. And there was Jerry Halliwell and a few other well-known faces laughing at me. And I picked up the phone. My mother's like, Aiden, what's going on? I was like, oh, this is Spice Girls are laughing at me. She's like, what the fuck are you doing in London? Jesus and anyway, I had, I had to go back down into the club with this. I had a massive lump on my head afterwards. Oh, so you did, all right, yeah. I, so I was the fucking after-party entertainment for all these... Oh, dear, oh, dear. Pop oh dear. stars. Sorry, yeah, can I, can I ask you, lads, uh, oh. have either of you ever been in a band? Um, no. No, I, I, I always wanted to be a solo artist. <laughs> <laughs> the closest I ever came to being in a band, and I don't care fucking shaming myself on this podcast, was this... Uh, uh, myself and my good pal uh, walking to school when we were about, I'm going to say we were about 12, um, could have been a little bit older. And he had a ghetto blaster, a proper old boombox. And we had um, new kids on the block booming out of it. And we belted out, hanging tough. <laughs> and la 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 tonight. We well, I can safely say you weren't doing that walking through Fingers Village because you would have been stoned <laughs> playing new no, kids on the block. <laughs> The mean streets of uh, Temple Oak weren't so threatening. Um, People just probably just looked at us and pitied us or thought we were, you know, on the way to. Oh, dear Jesus. You know, get extra care. Young Fina Gale meeting. (laughs) (laughs) Taste is an individual thing. Johnny, as well as you being a professional poker player, you've been in a band, haven't you? No, unfortunately not. I haven't been in a band. That's uh, surprising. John. That's all my friends, all my friends growing up were in bands of some description of a place. I just never, I don't know, I never picked up an instrument or I never interested. You have to rehearse. You were a commercial sick. pilot as well. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah he is the, uh, um, he's the real life, um, oh, what's the Catch Me If You Can character? Yeah, oh, Frank Abagnale. Frank Abagnale. Yes, well done. Thank you. Well done. 
Well done. All right, you are the real life Frank Ab- uh, Abagnale, so we won't be surprised, John, if you had. Uh, Got we there. Had the Listen, would you like? Would you like, gentlemen, to uh, continue the list thingy? Yeah. Well, I've got a list here, which is um, according to this is a, a, a list uh, from the BBC, and it's they are giving us their twenty one top television shows from twenty twenty two. So it's twenty one from twenty two. <laughs> okay, so this is not okay. So last week we did what to look forward to in 2023. Now we're going back on in case you missed it from 21 to 22. Yeah, well, I want to see, I want to go through this list and I want to ask you, first of all, have we watched all these? Because we are a podcast that recommends, um, you know, TV shows and movies. So, you know, this is the best TV shows of last year, according to the Beeb, and they know a thing or two about, about TVs. But um, ha- have we. Have we watched any of them? Are we up to fucking speed here, lads? You know Go I mean? on, we know you love a list. Go on. <laughs> I love a list. Well, well, f- uh, there's 21 on the list. Yeah, I'll go I'll go from the bottom. From the bottom up to the top, yeah. Like Man United, what? Oh, very good, yeah. Yeah, yeah very good. Mm. Uh, so I, the first one I've never heard of, this is going to hurt. Was it working in hospital or working in the, in the NHS? NHS. Uh, yeah. Top Boy, did we watch that? No, heard very good no. things. And, uh, I think we might have recommended it on Severance. Severance chaps. Did anybody do severance? Again, I see it advertised. My wife loved it. Is it um to do with someone losing their job or is a it a psychological more... thriller? Oh, yeah. Um, okay. yeah. Yeah. And then somebody somewhere. I need you for the invitations. That one's not quite perfect. I put some tits on this one. <laughs> is that number eighteen? It's a it's a vehicle for US stand up comedian Bridget Everett. Never heard of that. It's uh, really number good. seventeen, search party. Never heard of that. Love no. it. I recommended it on the, on the podcast. It's great. Drew, settle an argument. What did Dory mean when she texted, I paid the debt? No, Elliot, just stop. Just drop it. I assumed she meant that she paid off April. Tell him. Tell him what you said. Drew, for one very teeny tiny second, I thought maybe Dory was referring to paying off her student loans, and Elliot's being a really big jerk about that. Well... <laughs> Why would we be meeting under a bridge? Exactly. This is a really big deal to pay off your student loans. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Uh, oh, you did recommend a search Oh, was that the ensemble thing with, like, teenagers or coming of age well, thing, John? Rudderless millennials. Yeah. Uh, AKA. Uh, and number 16, Pachenko. Pachenko, sorry. Yeah. A Korean period drama. Wow, never heard of that. Inventing Ama. Ama. That was good. Netflix. See, John's the only one who's watched any of this stuff. Number 14, Dairy Girls. Hi. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Good. Uh, Station 11 is at number 13. You ever heard of that? No, it's either no. a Cold War spy series or fucking Harry Potter. It's a HBO adaptation of Emily St. John Mandel's acclaimed novel, which began at the US at the end of 2021, but finished up this year. Never heard of it. Uh, Stranger Things 4, Arsenal 3, or... or uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's genuinely good. I like that. Um, I've wa- I have watched the previous seasons, but I haven't watched season four. Okay. Borgen, Power and Glory. Yes. I recommended okay. that only a few weeks ago because that's the uh, the latest in uh, the After a decade away. Yeah, you're right. Borgen, yes. Okay. He's, he's uh, number 10, number 10, Sherwood. Are you going to rush to get your dinner, Simon? No, but there's 20 to get through and I've got another list after this. <laughs> Sherwood. Never heard of that crime yeah. drama. Robin Hood? No. no? Um, no, uh, crime drama. Uh, well, yes, it's uh, 
It explores the troubled legacy of 1980's minor strike through the case of a crossbow-wielding killer in a Nottinghamshire village who hides out in the famous Sherwood Forest. Oh, that sounds brilliant. <laughs> that does sound yep. good. That's Barely been, believable. That's available on BritBox, uh, just in case you're making notes, which I know you're not. Uh, Bad Sisters, which I know you watched, Ada, didn't you? Yeah, I watched that too. I recommended it. <clears throat> oh, I you watched it, JC. I yeah, I loved it. Another good one here called Atlanta. Never heard of that. Donald Glover's semi-autobiographical comedy drama. Wow. Andor. That's Star Wars. Nobody fucking watched that. Uh, Big Boys. You ever heard of that? Big Boys. <laughs> Big Boys. Big Boys. I'll Little bring boys. you back to your days of getting into extra vision on a Wednesday night. Only got 150 left. Big Boys. Number five. This is one that I haven't seen and I want to. Because it's called Industry. Have you heard of that? BBC HBO series. Yeah, I've heard of it. Set in the world of high finance. No one's buying that now, okay. Uh, number four, how have we not seen this, Johnny? The rehearsal. You ever heard of that? Oh, you recommended that, didn't you? Correct. And I haven't watched the feckin' thing. <laughs> you recommended something you didn't watch. Based on what? A review? It was a... Anyway, back to the list. Number three. <laughs> number three. There's only three left. Abbott Elementary. Never nope. heard of it. ABC Mockumentary. Set in high school. Number two, Better Call Saul. Yep. Well, we recommended that because mm. we did watch it. And number one is a show that was recommended by someone on this very broadcast, The Bear. All right, we, we can't keep operating like this. We got a C. Guys, a C stands for chaos. That can't happen again. And that's why we are going to start operating like a French kitchen that means there's going to be a chain of command okay this was developed by escoffier and i think oh escoffier gay <laughs> love that dude <laughs> what's up i don't know what's going on we're implementing a french brigade mm. got it cool yeah eh. fuck that that's bullshit ah uh, the bear <clears throat> you see you've been baiting on about that poor old bear for ages haven't you Certainly Brian, when he was on, was getting emotional about it. But uh, I have watched pretty much all of it, and it's, it is very enjoyable. No denying it. Well, there you go. There's your uh, list of the 21 best uh, TV shows last year. Okay. We watched, we, and between the three of us, we watched four of them. <laughs> and John watched at least three of that four. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Okay, um, so there's plenty we miss. So there is good stuff. Oh, there's always going to be good stuff that we uh, that passes us by. So you can go back. If there's nothing new. Anyone watching The Rig, by the way, lads? It's the, the big rig. new show on Amazon with Martin Comston of Line of Duty no. fame and other things. It's kind of a um, it's a supernatural thing set on an oil rig off the Scottish shores. And this uh, crew are out there and a lot of them are due to go home. And, you know, they're fed up and pissed off. They've been there for a long time. They want to go home and spend their money and see their families and have some crack. And then this big storm comes and none of them are, le- are allowed to leave. Uh, but the storm isn't just any regular storm because weird dust starts falling out of the sky and landing on them and then the people the dust lands on they start doing weird shit I'm only wow. three episodes into it and I'm not sure where where it's going I just was curious if either of you had uh, no, no, uh, dabbled no. with it Dust falling in an oil rig isn't, isn't a premise I look for in a TV show either <laughs> Can I make well I can't do I need to stick up my hand and ask permission just briefly I want to mention on, on the music documentary recommendations um, it's one I've seen before I'm sure many people uh, who like music and in particular like you two will have seen From the Sky Down, which is a documentary that was released in 2011, so it's 10 plus years ago. 
but it, it's the 20 years after uh, Octung Baby and the documentary is about the making of Octung Baby. Have either of you seen it? No. No. Like the okay. album, though. Simon's off. No, I'm here. Putting his clothes in the wards. No, no, I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. I haven't um, watched it now. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. Like, John, you'll know that Octung Baby was a, a pivotal album for you, too, because they, prior to that, they had a particular sound which they had cultivated and grown to the point of, you know, really huge success with the Joshua Tree and Rattling Home. But they had this very distinctive uh, soft rock American sound. And it was working really well. And then they went, fuck it, we need to do something new. We need to change direction. So they had to go from being really su- successful with that sound to starting afresh. And they thought they'd take themselves off to Berlin in 1990 and 1991, where the wall was just coming down, then did come down, and thought, well, here we go again. And it was like going back with a blank piece of paper. And it it just was not working to the point where the band were the closest they'd probably ever been to breaking up. I know Bono says they break up many times and they get back together, but they actually were fucking really, you know, it was kind of the tension was at its highest and some of them had shit going on in their personal life. When I say shit, I don't mean to underplay the fact that the Edge's marriage was breaking down and he was struggling with that. And there was tensions obviously within the band because Bono and the Edge wanted to go in one way and Larry and Adam were like, well, we don't like show us whatever the way is, but they actually didn't have anything to show. Anyway, in this documentary, which captures it, captures it all very candidly, they come up with genuinely, I'm not being trying to be too over the top about this, with what is... Um, how would you say fucking mind blowing the moment that saved the album and saved you too was the creation of the song One and how that song was born and it was born by pure accident from a guitar sequence a guitar riff that the Edge had done for Mysterious Ways and they had disposed of and he just put the tape back into the old cassette player or the DAT player as it would have been back then in this famous studio in Berlin, Hansa Studios, played it. And then all of a sudden they were like, oh yeah, what's that? Hang on. And then they all just start jamming together. Bono starts just making up lyrics. And this is just a very raw, fluid, flowing, bringing to life of this song. And it's honest to God, it's fucking transcending to watch it because you're seeing behind the curtain, you're seeing how the... Fig is putting the figure out. You're seeing magic happen, that it's not like a very constructed thing. They go, okay, I've written some good lyrics. Let's write a good song. It's just, they're jamming and something magical just fucking, they give birth to. And that became the impetus for them to find the confidence to go on and make Octung Baby and come up with this whole new, more European dance, up, you know, higher tempo, the shades, all, you know, everything, the complete, you know, they, went from one side of the canyon to the other and you two was the, or one was the bridge that got them there. Wow. E- even if you don't watch the whole documentary, it's on YouTube, by the way, just watch that eight, nine minutes of them constructing one and watch Bono calling different chords, different notes, telling them to hold that note for longer. And they're just, they're riffing on the spot and it's, it's, you're watching fucking geniuses at work. It's, it's, I was fucking blown away by it when I first watched it and I only watched it there last year. Wow. Um, and it's, it's well worth a watch. And so it wasn't working. We'd run out of gas. And maybe just saying that was, you know, that maybe we've outgrown each other. It wasn't Adam's fault. It wasn't Larry's fault. It wasn't Danny's fault. They weren't convinced because we weren't convincing them. 
The material wasn't done, it wasn't right. Where's the songs? You know, cut the crap, show us your willy, as the cartoon says. <laughs> you ever seen that with a peacock? <laughs> peacock showing the big fantail. Somebody goes, just cut the crap and show us your willy. <laughs> Next time we do the chorus, I want you not to end on a G, but end on a C. The way through writer's block is, is always by being truthful. And what's, what's the documentary Brilliant. called? It's called From the Sky Down. And the guy who made it, Davis, Davis Guggenheim, he had all, he's a well-known documentary maker. He had made a bunch of other documentaries, including uh, one with Al Gore. So not musical. It was a political oh. thing about climate change, uh, inconvenient truth. Well, not a lot of people know that Al Gore, back in the days, used to... Uh, tour with Steve Martin. He used to play the banjo with Steve Martin. Hmm. Really? No. <laughs> no punchline. No. Wow. Hmm. <laughs> what, a, what a cruel joke. The algorithm Dude. section. Algorithms. Yeah. Hey! hey algorithms. Like writes that. itself. Yeah. Oh, weird. Lord. Um, I have another list, but I, I get the feeling you're not arsed. <laughs> well, what's your list? You didn't give us a chance to to express ourselves either with a sigh or, oh, great, another list, Simon. It's the 20 best films to watch in 2023. Go on, rattle through them. We'll we'll say yeah or no. Speed round. Go from 20. Let's just say yes. Are we going to go and see it or no? Not arsed. Number 20 is a movie called Maestro. Bradley Bradley Cooper directing, co-writing, starring, playing Leonard Bernstein. Bradley Cooper's pretty good at what he does. Yes. Number 19, Killers of the Flower Moon. Death Scorsese's true crime western. Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, number 18, Bo is Afraid. Serene and Supernatural uh, have led to a tendency to intrude on family life. No. Good. Okay, we're... no. Number 17, Poor Things. Emma Stone. Victorian. Victorian Whitaker. tale. No, I'm out. Uh, Wonka. No. This is the one with Timothy, Timothy no. Sharabang. Fuck no, fuck no. Right, okay. Sharabang, <laughs> lovely man. Uh, number fifteen is June Part Two, which I think is called yeah. July. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <sir. laughs> Do you lie in bed at night beside your beautiful wife Lisa and be elbowing going, yeah, yeah, I got another one. We got another one. Oh dear, oh dear. Well, I'm not going to go and say that. Next one is is a really cool one. It's called Next Goal Wins. Right, let me give you this idea. Two thousand and one. Australia beat American Samoa at football <clears throat> with a score of 31 to nil. The American Samoa team was derided as the world's worst footballers for years. And then a new coach, Thomas Rungan from uh, Holland, comes in. And uh, this is the movie. The documentary was already made and it scored 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, I'll, I'll yeah. look that up. So <clears throat> give us the movie title. <clears throat> it's called Next Goal Wins. Stars Michael, starring good. Michael Fassbender as the coach, directed oh, by. Wonder is this kind of um, go directed on, sorry, by Taika like Waititi, the cool guy who did um, Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, it's a cool running style. Yeah, film. he's married to um, he's married to Rita Ora. Just if anyone's oh, interested. Really? So yeah. we're going to go and see that. Okay, thirteen uh, challengers is a romance thing. Love triangle <laughs> and a tennis court. No. Fuck that. <laughs> a love triangle Jesus. and a tennis court with Zendaya. Christ. Uh, number 12, lads, Oppenheimer. Oh, oh yeah. yes. So there's a new trailer, lads, by the way, because the teaser they released last year 
was very much just a teaser. There was no even dialogue in it. It was just all big wide shots of atomic bombs going off and stirring music, very Christopher Nolan-esque. But now the trailer actually has some dialogue in it. So that only, I think came, that only came out like last week. So that'll whet the appetite Excellent. a little bit more for all you Killian And Murphy it's also, it's been, it's, it was shot in IMAX. So this is going to look the dog's nuts. Uh, number 11, this is one you're definitely going to date. Oh, John probably has tickets already. Barbie. Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling. Christ. Uh, yes. I reserve judgment. Margot Robbie as Barbie, I'm in. Uh, number 10, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Part 1. Christ, that means yes. Ado's going to that. Oh, Jesus, wearing a leather jacket and shades. Pr- probably not. Uh, number 9, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I don't believe in magic. But a few times in my life, I've seen things. Things I can't explain. And I've come to believe it's not so much what you believe. It's how hard you believe it. <laughs> 80, year nice old, 80 year old Harrison Ford. Amazing. More power to him. Let him sit down. And, and Antonio Banderas <laughs> and Phoebe Waller Bridge is in it. There you go. Mads Mikkelsen is in there as well. In- Okay. Yes, who's he's playing? Good yes, cast. the Nazi villain. Uh, number eight is Elemental. This is Pixar's latest cartoon set in Element City. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Asteroid City, Wes Anderson's latest skewed tale on the world, set in 1955. That's number seven. Ooh. Asteroid City. Uh, number six, Spider-Man yeah. Across the Spider-Verse. Go and ask me Spider-Arse. I'm not going to say that. Uh, num- number five, The Little Mermaid. <clears throat> Halle Bailey. Mm. No. Halle Berry or Halle, Halle Bailey, Bailey? And Melissa McCarthy. Javier Bardem. Yeah. Wow, some cast. Right. Still not going to see it though. Uh, number four, Renfield. Bram Stroker's Dracula. Yes. Wow. Renfield is the undead oh, Count's devoted servant. Christ. No, I'm not going to see that. Nicholas Cage. Scaredy cat. Yeah, again, that, that cemented that for me. I'm not going to see it. Um, <laughs> number three, John Wick, Chapter Four. Christ on a bike. No, I must that admit, on my wick. before I see John Wick 4, I haven't seen any of the John Wick movies. movies. And I know people are like, what? Ian McShane is in this. There. Lovejoy himself is in it. Anyway, there we go. Uh, number two oh, is wow. a movie called 65. Any guesses? The follow-up mm. to 64. 65, okay. Um, Starring ooh. Adam Driver. Oh, good actor. Um, politics, no. 65. Um, fucking... A really mm. good round of golf. Adam Driver stars yeah. as Commander Mills, a spaceship pilot on a long-range exploratory mission who crash lands on a wilderness planet. It looks as if only one of his passengers has survived. But they aren't alone. The twist is that they're actually on Earth 65 million years ago, hence the title. Wow. Ooh. No, ah, no. no. Number one. Number one. Ray Liotta's final movie, God bless him, Cocaine Bear. Uh, yeah, definitely. You have to go. What a title. What a title. It's the. So, do you know, with regard to that, Simon or John, did they get to complete the movie? Because did, did he die where no, that movie I think was being he, filmed? I think he had it in the can, I think. Hmm. Um, okay. It's inspired by the true story of a black bear that swallowed a drug dealer's stash of cocaine. Oh my God. Yeah, and the bear was. The bear was <laughs> What's more terrifying than a bear? A bear on The bear coke. was labeled Pablo Escobar. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
I heard the bear was just talking to ear off people and really annoying a lot of people in the club. And that was and in that, the movie. Ladies and gentlemen, look at my fur. Look at my fucking claws. That yeah. is my compendium of lists for this week's show. Ado, what did Sky recommend all, all that time ago? All right. Well, just to bring the buzz down a bit, uh, Sky are re- recommending a four-part documentary series about uh, music producer turned murderer, Phil Spector. John has watched three of the four episodes and gives it um, uh, a very positive review. I think it's worth a watch. Excellent. What did we learn this week, gentle boys? I think we learned that um, you need to look where you're going when your ma's ringing you, uh, especially when you're out in London on your own. Oh, how true. What about you, Ado? Uh, like every other week, I learned nothing, but there is something I want to share with you that I do know that a lot of people might know about. Uh, next Sunday, as in this Sunday coming, um, not sure what date it is, but anyway. The 15th. <laughs> In our world, it's the 15th, Ado. There is a show in the Civic Theatre, and that's in Talla in Dublin. And the show is called The Red Devils Roadshow. And it is a group therapy session for Manchester United fans. And it's hosted by one of the UK's top podcasters and sports writers, Tom McDermott. The special guest will be Al Foran. There'll be a room full of Manchester United fans. So if you're one of those, come along. And the big... Surprise and carrot on the stick is that the main man <laughs> hosting all of this is the one, the only, Jesus, Simon Delaney. Well, I'm going to get you to write all my intros from now on. That's brilliant. Yeah, that's this Sunday, three o'clock in the Civic, Edo. Uh, I'll be there. Looking forward to it. We have, a, we have, and I can exclusively reveal to listeners of our podcast, we have a member of the double, double winning United team joining us on the show. Brilliant. You always knew standards had to be high. You had to play well. And if you didn't, you, you were in for trouble. Double, double winning. <laughs> yeah, they won the double twice, remember? <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry, that that was, there, there's a clue in that. There is a clue. Uh, in, I'm the, very in, slow in, the word, in the words that I used, that yeah, was yeah. the clue. I thought yeah. you were stuttering. Yeah, so we have uh, a very special guest. We have Al Foran on, which means we'll have most of the United team on as well, because he can do impressions of all of them. Yeah, he's great. He's brilliant. And uh, we're going to have a Q&A with the audience. We're going to take a trip down memory lane. We're going to pick our best ever United 11s. Uh, we're going to talk about the current state of the club, the transfer window, which is open. And then we're going to talk about the potential state of the club. And also we're going to talk about the fact that we just beaten City 4-0 the day before <laughs> in Manchester Derby. There he's jinxed it, folks. All right, well, look, good luck oh, with that. Uh, I'll, I'll be in the, in, in the, if I can get a seat in the front row, I'll be in the front row and we'll see you there. Marvellous. hoo but I learned this week that Aiden's headache is so bad, he's actually living in a space-time continuum because earlier on in the show he said, for when this goes out, which means yesterday, which Sunday the 12th of January. Today is Monday the 9th, so he's two days ahead of the rest of us. <laughs> See ya! <laughs>